Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. So today we have an awesome, fun topic to talk about. Uh, We're going to take a little walk down memory lane and talk about our favorite logbook memories. Uh, You know, those flights that just stick out in your brain the moment that you think about the best aviation memories you have. Uh, I've got several of them. Carson, you got any? Yeah, I have have quite a few. And uh, it's usually the ones I end up having pictures of on my phone, too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of pictures are are taken while flying. That's for sure. And uh, God knows if you search uh, airplane on my phone, you will see quite a few pictures of the airplane, uh, which is pretty neat. Uh, but I'm going to kind of start off today with talking about my uh, probably my favorite logbook memory, and almost also my most nerve wracking one I've ever had. And uh, that was taking up my first passengers as a private pilot. Uh, I took three people in a Cessna 172 and we were at like max gross weight or just barely under. And I took up my son, Austin. I think he was, I don't know, three or four at the time. I know he was in either a car seat or a booster seat at the very least. And I also took up my sister and her now husband, uh, Ashley and Andrew. So we t- I took up those three people and they were my first uh, passengers. So I remember leaving Chino airport from the flight school that I rented the airplane from and we just taxied up and I was all nervous. I wanted to make sure all my, my radio calls were perfect and all that stuff. And we took off and I just kind of looked to the right of them and I could not believe it. And then we went and just kind of flew around Lake Matthews and I, I went back and honestly, it was kind of a blur from when we took off, but I remember when we were coming back for landing very, very vividly. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, I must have a really good landing. Otherwise, they're going to think I really don't know how to fly. And honestly, I probably had no business taking up passengers. I think I had 42 hours uh, to my name at that point. I got my private pretty quickly. But it was just it was just an exhilarating experience. So after that, I told myself I wasn't going to take any more passengers for a little while. And I don't think I did for another like 15 hours. But it was a awesome memory of mine, for sure. So, Carson, uh, what's one of your memories you've got? You know, um, I had some different, but I think that one of my favorite ones as well is my first passengers. Um, I took up my dad the uh, the day I got my license. I, I went home after getting my, you know, getting my certificate, getting everything signed. And I went home, and my dad was upstairs in his armchair. And I, I went up to him, I was like, Dad, I got my license. Like, let's do this. Let's go fly. Be my first passenger. Same day. Um, and he was like, no, no, we'll, we'll do a different day. And I was like, no, we got to go right now. Like, I'm, I'm too excited to calm down about this. We have to go right now. So I, I pulled him up out of his chair. Um, he got, he got dressed and we went out and got back to the airport and the same plane that I just did my check ride in was still sitting there, still warm. And, uh, the sun was getting, getting a little bit dark. I was like, well, if we're going to be flying, it's going to end up coming back at night. And I thought about it. I looked at my logbook and I realized I wasn't night current. And I was talking uh, with one of my buddies who was at the airport still. And I was like, well, I can't go breaking any laws, you know, right the, the first day of my license. So I went and got or, a night Or card. ever. Yeah. Or ever. <laughs> sorry. Or ever. But, you know, specifically the, the when the, uh, the ink's still wet. So I, I went and got night current, did three, three night landings because uh, the sun had gotten down at that point. And I came back, got my dad. 
And he hopped in the airplane and he recorded me doing my, my passenger brief because still fresh in my head, just in my check ride. Uh, so he took a video of that and then we got up in the air and it was a beautiful night flight. We went around, we went and landed at Ontario airport. Uh, so I showed him something a little bit bigger than, than Riverside. And it was just a really fun flight and getting to take up my dad was a really special moment for us. So you're saying your first flight was a night flight with passengers? Yes. That's crazy. I've, I've never <laughs> met anybody who's ever done that. So that's pretty yeah, funny. It was, pretty it was a night cool. flight with passengers. Uh, it was my first one, but I feel more comfortable at night. You know, there's less people, less people around and less chaotic. So I'm able to take my time a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. That's way cool. Uh, I've got another really neat memory that, that I kind of want to share. And it has to do with imparting passion of the passion of aviation onto others. And I remember vividly, we, I, I used to have a Cherokee six two sixty, uh, which is still around. Uh, one of my friends owns it now. And I remember taking up my friends, uh, Anthony and Cherie. Uh, and then my girlfriend Damaris was, was of course with us too. And we went to the Catalina wine mixer and we left, uh, I think it was John Wayne airport. And we were just flying over to Catalina and we were in the, uh, Cherokee six. And we were over the water and we were just kind of having fun. And I was sitting in the, the passenger seat and I was letting Anthony fly the airplane for the first time. He was just kind of putting around and having a great time. And I was showing him some turns and, and just different things on our way to Catalina, which is only like a 15 or 20 minute flight anyways. Um, and then we landed at Catalina, but the whole thing was just awesome because you could see Anthony's face and just the way that he was looking at the airplane and all of this in wonder. Um, and this was the second time he's ever flown with me. He flew in a, in a Baron with me in a back seat, I think a year prior. Uh, but he didn't get the, the passion for aviation at that point. He got it during this flight. Um, it was kind of the, the kickoff to, to seeing somebody's passion for aviation take off, no pun intended. And, uh, that flight, although it was very short, it was very neat because it changed the trajectory of kind of where, where his aviation life was to just being a passenger on big, big planes to wanting to learn to fly. And he did, he learned how to fly a 172 and then that same Cherokee six and, uh, and then a, a Baron and he's got a, another larger airplane now. So it's, it's way cool just being able to see somebody's passion for aviation just explode. And, uh, that was an awesome memory. Yeah. And it's cool because I've seen Anthony since he was working on his instrument, I think, and, uh, just seeing him, you know, go through it all. And now he's just onto bigger and better planes. And it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Just watching him do that. Yeah. You should see so, him flying that Aerostar now. And I think it's almost at avionics now. So it'll have some new avionics and, uh, and it's just an amazing feat. Will you go from a 172 to an Aerostar in like a year and a half, two years, Oh, maybe it's been three. I don't know, but pretty quick. Um, and it's just been really fun to watch. That's awesome. Um, and I think another one of my, my favorite memories seems like all my memories that, you know, my, my top ones seem to, uh, all involve the ocean at some point. It's either night flights or the ocean and being in Southern California, we're lucky enough to have the ocean right next to us. So make some pretty amazing views when you're a pilot. So you like all of the most dangerous parts of flying. That's what excites you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it's the little thrill I get from uh, from knowing that I got a plan for something going wrong <laughs> a little harder. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, and, and one of my favorite flights um, it was actually more dangerous than just looking at the ocean. 
it was uh, Halloween day of 2020. We went over the ocean for the first time. And it was my first time going to Catalina Island and going to, going to grab a $500 hamburger there. <laughs> and uh, it was might be more than 500 bucks at this point. I mean, gas prices are sky. Well, I guess gas prices weren't as bad then, right? No, not as bad then, but still on their way up. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just an absolutely gorgeous experience. You know, I'd never seen just so much beauty from the sky. It was gorgeous blue water. Uh, the whole island was just, you know, we're circling the island. It was, it was awesome. And once we, we landed, we got a burger at the uh, Catalina Airport Cafe. And we took back off again. And that runway was so much fun. We stayed in ground effect uh, for, after we took off and stayed in ground effect till we got over the edge. And I have a super cool video. Um, it looks like we're just like falling off of the edge because we're just like right over it. Um, and, and that was just an absolutely beautiful one. Super fun flight to go on. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a, like a blast, like a real blast. And while, while you've been telling kind of these stories, it's been sparking a bunch of memories in my head. Um, more than the ones that I wrote down before we started recording this episode. Uh, and you know what a cool night flight I had was it was 4th of July one year and it might've been right after I got my, my certificate. Uh, might've been the I got my certificate in June, so it might have been my first year I ever got it. I don't know, or a couple of years after. But regardless, I went up on 4th of July right um, when it was nice and dark out, and I flew above the fireworks. I thought that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I think I have photos of it somewhere because I was just in awe. But, you know, cell phone cameras don't, don't take the best pictures at night um, or take pictures really of fireworks very well, but... Uh, that's gorgeous. And, and I really want to do it too. Um, I, every 4th of July, I want to do it. And every 4th of July, the planes all get booked because everyone else wants to do it too. I know it's, it's a really, really cool experience. And I urge you to do it the next 4th of July. Uh, either that, or we're going to have to go somewhere and somebody's going to be off the, on the ground lighting fireworks legally. And, uh, and then we're gonna have to go fly over it. I mean, that's also a possibility. <laughs> I think we'll have to go to Arizona or, or some state in the South. I think yeah, middle of the desert where it's legal. California doesn't light it, let us light fireworks like that. So we'll, we'll have, have to go Maddie elsewhere. Morris on the ground lighting them for us. Yeah, it would be really cool to <laughs> uh, to have somebody light those fireworks and go on over. But uh, but speaking of awesome things, what's another awesome thing in your in your logbook that uh, that you did? Uh, there's another one of my favorite ones. Again, involved in the ocean. I'm sorry. It was a flight up to Santa Barbara. So we went from Riverside to Santa Barbara. And I took you and uh, and one of your friends up there, drop you guys off to go look at a plane. And I, I figured that maybe he was going to fly the plane back, and we're going to fly the arrow back together. And you, it, you know, it was a it was a Class C airport, so I was just, you know, it was a little bit overwhelming for me. And you said, "No, here's what you're going to do. There's the frequencies. You know, look it up on the chart. You're quizzing me like an instructor." And once you're confident that I could do it, um, you know, without messing up the entire airport. You, you said, all right, go hop in the plane. It's yours. <laughs> go. I'll, I'll see you at home. <laughs> and I Absolutely. You're a private pilot. You can do it. Yeah. That's, those were your exact words. I think you're like, you're a private pilot. You know, DP said you're allowed to do this. And I was like, well, yeah, good enough for you guys. Good enough for me. Let's do it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have some gorgeous pictures of myself just taking off and staying over the ocean just a little bit longer. And um, I know most people definitely want to get back on land. 
And I, I asked the controller, I, I said, hey, am I allowed to you know, extend this a little bit and uh, and follow the ocean, follow the beach all the way back down? And he said, absolutely, go for it. So I started flying back, and eventually I cut inward and, and went back over land. And at that time, you uh, you were in a Cirrus. And I, I figured I was you know, cruising at 135, and I figured I was well ahead of you. I had a good head start. And then all of a sudden, I hear... <laughs> I hear ATC say, um, you know, Aaron, I'm going to need you to to turn about 20 degrees to the right. And I was like, okay, sure. And he said, traffic, 6 o'clock, Cirrus. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Brandon's catching up to me? I was like, I have like a 20-minute head start at least. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going slow by any means. <laughs> and then I look out my left window. And, you know, five minutes later, you guys are just passing me. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. So um, I, I cruised all the way home. Well, we, we we had to let you. We had to pass you up. I mean, there was no letting you beat us. I mean, we gave you a head start. We attempted to let you win that day. It just didn't work out for you. We were only <laughs> I going... wasn't in a 152. I, I don't see the issue. <laughs> oh, we were only going like 30, 40% faster than, uh, than you. So that might have been the, the thing. It, it was just enough for you guys to be putting the tie downs on what, by the time I, you know, touched the ground. I'd looked over as I was, I think I was passing Foxtrot and I looked to the left and I see you guys putting the chains on. I accept yeah, the was. defeat. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure you'll be in a faster <laughs> airplane than me one day and you'll definitely pass me. Matter of fact, oh, I, I have wait. a passion. I have a passion for slow airplanes now, so I don't think that'll be a real big issue, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll fly the arrow while you fly the icon. I can't land in the water, but... Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of slow airplanes, uh, I want to talk about my first trip that I ever did to Oshkosh, and I did it in a Cessna 172. Uh, I did it in my airplane. My Cessna 172 is the first airplane I ever bought uh, after I became a private pilot, and I um, I had two passengers in the airplane, and, the, and uh, one of them was Austin, and the airplane was packed with all of our camping supplies, everything we'd need for camping. And we were like at max gross with half fuel. I mean, we were there. The airplane was packed. Austin could barely sit in the back seat without being like trampled upon by different things. It was crazy. And I, I just like to put out there that when Brandon goes to Oshkosh or goes on these long flights, uh, I've seen the things that he puts in the airplane, each tag on the items, I'll have the weight of the item. So he is very particular about it. It's got the math down. I, I really am. Yeah. I, I literally weigh everything like a few days before and then I'll stick it in the different parts of the airplane in different stations and I'll make sure that the airplane's like perfectly in weight and balance. And I'll try to usually have it a little bit more aft so I can get a better cruise speed and go, go a little faster to be honest. Uh, but in that trip in particular, there was, Everything was weighed and everything was great, but there was no moving it around too much. I mean, it's a 172, so it wasn't that much space. Uh, but I just remember taking off and saying saying goodbye to the airport, essentially, and took off at, I think it was sun up or before the sun came up, and just kind of chasing the, the sunrise and flying in all the different types of weather on the way to Oshkosh, because before this, I only flew to like central California, maybe Northern Vegas, Southern California, Arizona. So I was kind of just on the West Southwest only. And this, I was literally flying through multiple time zones, multiple 
states, uh, high altitude, high density altitude at that, uh, trying to take off in, from Albuquerque in the middle of the day uh, in the summer. I don't recommend that in a Cessna 172. Um, I did it and you take up a lot of runway. So every time I go to Albuquerque, I go to the international airport. I refuse to ever go back to double Eagle airport. The people there were fantastic. They were nice, but I don't need that, uh, that moment of thinking, Oh, am I going to get off this runway? The math said it was right, but it doesn't feel right. Um, so taking off there and going all the way across the U S, um, with this full airplane, um, just, I remember on this first trip, it wasn't more about the connections and the people that I'm meeting around, which it is now every year. It was more about like, how do I plan across country being only a private pilot, non-instrument rated to fly all the way across the country to Oshkosh from Southern California and seeing and going to all these different airports and things like that. It was just kind of a, a crazy experience. So knowing what you know now, um, you know, how, how many hours you have now, would you do that again if you were back in your exact same private pilot stage? Oh, 100%. Yes. Uh, I think it made me a way, way, way better pilot. Um, it taught me a ton of things about myself, about le- about my experiences learning to fly. I think I only had like, I don't know, uh, 90 hours or something, or maybe 100 hours, something like that when I first went to Oshkosh. And I also did the Fisk arrival and I did the whole Oshkosh experience and all I did was watch YouTube videos of people, other people that have done it. And I asked a few people that I knew if they've ever done it. And I think one person might have said yes, but nobody gave me any tips besides YouTube, really. Um, and I just read that NOTAM like crazy. And uh, landing at Oshkosh, uh, landing on the dot, I made sure to land on that dot, by the way. I was so nervous about not doing it. I landed on that dot. And uh, I have a video of that landing somewhere. I got to find it. But uh, it it was an exhilarating trip. And then on the way back, I was fighting thunderstorms and all sorts of stuff that just, you would never, you would never think you have to deal with in Southern California, but you have to deal with when you're going across the entire U S and different time zones and different weather patterns and all that stuff. So my big takeaways from that though, was definitely density altitude and weight and balance counts. Um, even though I was within weight and balance all the time, but being that heavy and that high of density altitude, it's a real thing. And you got to make sure you're reading those numbers. And even if they, they are um, right on and you have another 300, 500 feet of runway uh, at a little airport, go to the other airport with $2 more gas. So you have another 8,000 feet of runway. So those are some kind of tips that I would, I would share for everybody now if they're going to go do a crazy trip like that. Uh, but it was fun and it was exhilarating. I got like 40 hours to put in my logbook after that trip. I think it was like 19 there and 20 back or something like that. It was it was a long, long trip. So it was, it was really neat. So, so you don't mind if I take one of your planes and, uh, and go next year? No, but you're paying, you're paying for the whole thing. No discounts, <laughs> Carson, no discounts. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, so, uh, let's launch into another, another one of my favorite ones. Um, you know, it was my version of going to Oshkosh. It was going from Riverside to Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> Not not quite the same, but for someone that had, I think I had exactly 60 hours uh, when I went for this flight, I went with another student pilot and uh, and one of our, our friends, and he was a commercial pilot working on a CFI at the time, and neither of them were night current. I was the only one that was night current because I usually fly at night. It's my favorite. So um, I was the only one that was night current, and we were flying a Piper Warrior, 
And I was the only one that was really familiar with low wings because I was putting so much time in the arrow. And and they just they'd been flying 172s for the last pretty much year straight. So when I was flying, uh, I let the two of them sit in the front seat and we took off from Redlands Airport. Redlands had no fuel, so we flew over to San Bernardino. And that was my first time actually going inside an FBO uh, on that flight. So we, we went over there at uh, you know, San Bernardino International. And I was like, wow, these FBOs are really nice. The guy came and you know, he filled up our filled up our plane. And then I got the bill. And I was like, okay, maybe FBOs aren't so nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it was fun. And then I let the two of them fly uh, all the way to Scottsdale. And I think we got probably the world's most expensive PF Changs. We put that in the bill. And and then we flew back um, and we took off out of Scottsdale. And I was the one flying because neither of them had flown night in, I think, over six months when I looked at their logbooks. <laughs> and uh, we, we went all the way back. And that was the first time that I had really experienced turbulence at night over the desert. Um, it wasn't a super fun experience. You know, I couldn't see the mountains and I just had to trust the charts. And um, that's why I learned that you'll, your mind will kind of play tricks on you at night, uh, especially over the desert when you know there's supposed to be mountains somewhere and you're on a clear path. That's when I learned you really have to just trust your charts, trust your instruments and, you know, don't look outside too much. Um, don't look at the ground. You'll, you'll get spatial disorientation. And that's, kind of where I got more confident in my night flying abilities and that started having me fly at night more often uh, but it was a gorgeous flight and I think we'll post a video of, of some parts and uh, some pictures of our our favorite flights a little bit later on yeah absolutely and I've got one more that I thought we were going to wrap it up now but I, I had to 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 tell tell you guys about this story because it was just kind of the most crazy thing to me. Uh, when I first did my seaplane rating, I did it in Lake Havasu and I did it in a Cessna 172 on Anfibs. And I've never flown on Anfibs before. I've always flown tricycle gear or tailwheel. And landing on four wheels, two of them in the back, and then two that are kind of free casting in the front feels weird. So landing on the on the ground was was odd. But the first time I went to go land on water. Uh, when I was doing my my seaplane rating, felt very very unnatural because you've done you do a thousand or a couple thousand flights, uh, or sorry, a couple thousand uh, uh, landings that are always on land, and you're taught, hey, if you're going to land on the water, it's an emergency procedure, and it felt like an emergency procedure every time we would go try to land on the water. It just felt not natural whatsoever because doesn't feel right. Uh, what we did is I put gear up for landing. I said that like four times before we landed, which sounds very weird also. And the first time we landed on that water, I was just amazed. And that was the absolute moment that I fell in love with seaplane flying because you land on water. Now you're a boat and you're just sitting there and, and kind of taxiing around and then taking off from the water. Oh my gosh. And it's just an exhilarating experience. Uh, so they, the instructor's name was Mo Martin. Um, I know he doesn't have that seaplane operation anymore. I haven't heard from him in a while. He was an older gentleman, so I hope he's still around. And uh, if he is, I'd love to chat with him again. He was an amazing instructor. He used to be an ex-Bush Bush pilot. And, used to, and he brought me through a bunch of like uh, uh, canyons. We flew through canyons and all this really, really cool stuff uh, in Lake Havasu when I did that seaplane rating. 
but that but nothing will ever compete with the first time landing on water that's super awesome and i think that once i start going for my seaplane and especially once we fly on the icon together which we still haven't gotten to do um i think that we'll talk more about seaplanes because i love looking at them especially after looking at the seaplane base at oshkosh absolutely absolutely well, Brandon, it was awesome to hear about all your stories. And uh, as much as we talked about, it, I still haven't heard them all. So I love hearing more and more um, and get, you know, getting my own over the years that I keep flying. So thank you so much for listening today. And we really hope you enjoyed listening to us reminisce over our favorite flights and hope that you feel the drive to gain some awesome logbook memories of your own. Yeah, we really hope you uh, gain your own logbook memories. And the more you fly, the more you're going to have. Uh, they're going to be amazing ones. I mean, we didn't even kind of hit the tip of the iceberg. I have a feeling we're going to do this again one day, and uh, and it's going to be great hangar, hangar talk. So, But if you guys would like to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram. You can reach me at Mr. Martini Guy or Carson at Carson underscore AV17, and you can share any of your favorite logbook memories with us. As a wrap-up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys. See ya.